Great Expectations is part of the Earth 2 network of podcasts. In 2013, a Crack X-Men nerd unit was sent to Jerry's basement by a military court for a podcast they didn't commit to. These men promptly escaped from Jerry's sex dungeon to the greater Detroit underground. Today, still unwanted by their listeners, they survive as readers of X-Men. If you're bored, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can download the XT. Hey, this is Jerry. And this is Sean. And this is the 32nd episode of the Great Expectations Podcast. 32. 32. Crazy. And we are joined today because this is a special anniversary episode, the 20th anniversary of the Uncanny X-Men back in 1983. Uh, We are joined by two guests, which seems to be a curse today, but we're going (laughs) to try to fight through our technical difficulties. We are joined by both Steve Raker and, because you demanded it, Alan White. Just like the comic itself. Alan wants to stay one appearance ahead of me. How cool is that? That's right. That, that's not happening. You've already, you've already outpaced me. We have some really angry other guests who are frustrated that they can't keep up with you guys. Woohoo! Sure. We've got one guy that wants to be a five-timer so bad. and He wants the jacket. He does. <laughs> he does. There's a ja- See? There will be jackets. Yeah. I want my jacket. It's going to have a little X-Men patch on it. Hey, everyone's welcome once they get the jacket, but until then, they're them, not us. That's right. (laughs) One of us. One of us. (laughs) So, everybody, we're here to talk about uh, Uncanny X-Men number 174 and 175. But before we do, we have other business to attend to. We've got some new mutants issues to talk about. Uh, because we were kind of left with a cliffhanger the last time Sean and I talked New Mutants. It would have been a cliffhanger if you hadn't spoiled it for me. Oh, hush. <laughs> just, just promise me you won't leave with a cliffhanger this time with New Mutants. Uh, no, impossible. They're all cliffhangers, Steve. Yeah. You'll see. Cool. I can't wait to tell Sean what happens next at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So not true. I read ahead. Oh, now, good there's, thinking. There's a boy who's learned from. Learned I want to get to Demon Bear so bad. Yeah. Why? What happened with Demon Bear recently? What? I don't know. It's just. You mean the invitation from Wendy Freeman to come eat pad thai and talk yes. about Demon Bear? She didn't really. I just. No, she she, she invited us. She didn't happen. invite. I just she weaseled did. my way in. No, she invited. I was like, we're gonna play some rock music. We're gonna eat some pad thai. She didn't say no. It's true. They never do, Jerry. They never do. Oh. Oh, you a boy. <laughs> work that magic. He, he's never seen me work my magic. They say no a lot. Oh, my God. If I had a time machine, that's where I would go. I wouldn't kill Hitler. I wouldn't go and meet Jesus. I would want to see Jerry try to pick up his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it would be the sweetest thing ever. I just want to see the rehearsal for, like, the first contact. Yeah. In his mirror, straighten his bow tie. That's what I always told my mom I was doing. I'm rehearsing. Don't come in here. <laughs> oh, he was he was rehearsing all the way to that point. Oh, I right. See. 
Was right. rehearsing to completion. <laughs> <laughs> Leave his hair alone, but you can kiss his comb. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wait a minute. Oh. I have to open a window. It's getting a little steamy <laughs> up in here. Uh, so, guys. Previously on X-Men. Uh, the New Mutants tangled with Viper and the Silver Samurai, who exploded their world, and uh, the New Mutants were thrown into the drink. Oy. What happened? What happened? X-Men! They all came out, and there was one person missing. Uh-oh. And as I might have let slip previously, that person is... Nothing, nothing, nothing. What well, half a beer? Half a beer. I can't talk. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and that person was Sean Coyman. She's gone. No. And poor Bobby and poor Rain are taking it very hard. She was the only new mutant to exist before the new mutants. That's true. That's right. And we, you know, it's funny talking to Bob McLeod about the creation of the team. He really didn't seem. To have any love for that character at all. Nope. I don't even know if he ever mentioned her by name. It's like it's like he was mad at her for existing still <laughs> well, 30 years later. She wasn't that warm of a character, let's be honest. And they're only on issue number seven. And, and they're all hanging around, like, lamenting her loss and acting like, it, you know, they lost their bestest friend. It's like... Do they really miss her that much? No, no, no. See, now I know how Steve's going to feel at my funeral. Oh, Isn't know. that a trip? They, they had, they had that initial bonding. They, they, they synced to one another. They Brothers became a, a unit. I think she was nothing but trouble, honestly. But Stevie cut her hair while they watched. That means something in the yeah. We all know how I feel. Should have killed her right from the spot. That power's too dangerous. <laughs> Wow. Sean called that one right away. <laughs> Mm-mm. Well, she got that bowl cut changed around. We were we were we were there for her. She can't help it if if uh, Danny pulled out her worst fears, which was hello rape, and yeah. then uh, she goes after Danny's throat. Well, of course she does. So yeah, it was a bit of a a rough um, introduction or reintroduction to the character. But she didn't deserve to die because of it. She didn't. Sean has been through a lot at this point. It's true, I have. Not Shan. <laughs> Shan. Shan. Not Say seen. Shan. Not yeah. seen. Not seen. Exian. <laughs> Exian has been through so much. And um, we should cut her some slack for that. I mean, she's lived through some shit that hopefully I will never have to experience. Serious. You'll never have to Although, experience a bowl cut again, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know that I ever had enough hair for a bowl cut. She was drawn by Bob McCloud. That's that's saying something. Yep. I mean, look yeah. at the face. This issue is McCloud over Sal Buscema. And Correct. Wow. The I mean, even in these first pages where they're all lamenting her loss, I mean, Sam's face, and I know Sam is Bob's favorite and all that, but... God, he does her face is so good. So expressed. The foreheads. Who does a wrinkled forehead as good as McLeod? I have to agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to go try to figure it out. I'll tell you. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know who does? Steve's gross. Uh, uh, Jim Lee. 
Um, I think you pronounced it scrochy. Is it oh scrochy? I'm so embarrassed. No, I don't know. I have no I, idea. I think it is scrochy. And uh, is it? But Bob, Bob can put wrinkles on a girl's forehead and still make it look attractive. It's yeah. true. Look at that storm. Hey, I like me an older, wrinkly woman. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's a good thing, since you're an. Never mind. Except for Bobby's mom, who is looking pretty hit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The reveal page where they say, uh, someone's here to see you. Who? Me. And he turns and he's like, you? And then I flash to the next panel. I'm like, it's Arcade. <laughs> like, no, no, it's not Arcade. Okay, who is it? Oh, Bobby's mom is Arcade, you guys. It's a pretty sweet tracksuit. <laughs> um, should we do a quick plot summary of this? Who was that even based on, that picture? Like, uh, who do you think at the you time think that he it's was photo referenced? To? I hopefully, the, I'm praying to God it is not Bob McCloud's mom. <laughs> what about the mom from One Day at a Time? Like, what was her name? But Bonnie Franklin's hair was like, um, yeah, Bonnie Franklin. But but her hair was like magma. I mean, not magma. It was like, um, <laughs> what yeah. was it like? It was like Ileana's hair. True. With bangs down yeah. to the down to the eyes. Seventies. So huh. yeah, but I I have been wondering. Maybe she's more like Mrs. Garrett. Mm. From the facts of life. There you go. That might be it. Let's, so we're hoping that she was a celebrity at the time and not Bob McLeod's, um dear loved one or somebody. But I, I really do believe that this is a photo ref. I don't believe that this was just uh, a generic face because she, she looks like – she looks unique even if she's not, you know, Miss Venezuela of 1932. We're going to get a really pissed off letter from Abushema. Or a McLeod. I was going to say, I, I doubt that he had any uh, idea of how what the color scheme they were going to use on the image that is making it seem more of a mockery uh, of a uh, reveal. I think Jerry I, did hit the nail on the head with the Facts of Life reference, though. Charlotte Ray? All I can picture right now is Joe, buddy. My childhood crush. Wah, 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 wah! <laughs> she doesn't look like Joe. But when you say Facts of Life, that's where I go. Uh, not George Clooney then. No, no, okay. that was later. Uh, yeah. Being the smart guys that we are, we went straight to the source and asked Bob McCloud if Bobby's mom was indeed based on an actual real-life human being, and his response was he didn't base her on anyone in particular, but she does resemble his mother a bit thus explaining why she is the most beautiful woman in the world. End of story. Goodbye. So, um, okay, so basically this issue is uh, the New Mutants lamenting the loss of of Sean and the X-Men pitching in to help, minus Wolverine, because Wolverine's in Japan, um, which kind of gives us an idea of when this story happens. Somewhere between the Wolverine miniseries and uncanny number one seventy four. Yeah, that's the stuff I love. I love the fact that somebody's in another book and the continuity is sound. Yes. See, it's easy to do though. Back then, you only have you know fifteen or twenty five titles, something like that, and there's only two X Men titles. And you cared. And you cared. <laughs> Don't let Tom Brevoort hear you say that because you know he cares. It's just too big a task. I love the little beachfront remote war room the x-men have set up there they've got this little wooden table then the blackbird parked like in the in the background and their tent set up and everyone's dressed all warm because they've got the sea breeze coming on 
except Storm. But she doesn't have to dress warm because exactly. she doesn't feel the elements. And look at McCloud again, the shadowing on her face. and oh, its I should have gotten maybe uh, him to do my Storm Square on my jam piece rather than Nightcrawler. But uh, I was kind of like, I, I almost felt like giving the, the uh, piece to him and say, just saying, fill in all the remaining squares. <laughs> uh, I love his versions of these characters. Now you, you, know, have, to, you have to post a picture of that um, jam piece now because I want to see the... Bob McCloud, Nightcrawler. Oh, it's up. It, it's a really nice piece. He he went with bigger squares, didn't you? Yeah, they're like it, three, three by fives or yeah, three by sixes. It, they come out really nice at that size. Nice. Yeah. Me and Jerry are gonna have to go to New York Comic Con together and do a podcast from the bunker. There we won't have technical difficulties. Hey. <laughs> Something to think about. All right, I'm thinking. I liked it on that table with the little map. They've got their cups of hot chocolate. You got it. Typical X-Men fashion. Oh, he even says it. I'll teleport over with some hot cocoa. That's right. (laughs) Does it taste taste a little bit like sulfur after he teleports with it, or does it retain (laughs) its chocolatey taste? I could just see him all standing there taking a sip, and they're like, ooh. (laughs) No, because he's holding it outside of the teleport cloud, so (laughs) it stays free of the brimstone. It's got to pass through whatever dimension he passes through, though. Oh, those poor okay. kids. They even make a reference to that the Wolverine Limited series is going on, and that's where Wolvie is, which is kind of nice. Yep. yep. You know, they didn't really have to say that, though, because this came out during 174, and in the beginning of 174, Wolverine is in Japan. It could have happened that month. Well, remember, the, the, the Limited series was still a new format that Marvel was doing around that time, so I, I think it's just another uh, way to have an ad. Yep. Yeah, that's probably right. That's true. Go buy our other book. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind him doing that. You don't mind him doing it then. Yeah. It'd make you crazy now. Uh, it only makes me crazy in Spider-Verse. <laughs> because that book is literally one page where they're like, hey, this thing just happened. Buy this miniseries. Hate it. I don't know. I haven't read it. <laughs> Hate it. Feeling good about that. <laughs> Hated it. So... Let me refer to my notes here. Um, so, Professor X, when Bobby's mom shows up, says, Hey, I've got an idea. Why don't you guys go on a field trip with Bobby's mommy while the rest of us grown-ups look for Sean? And then he tells the X-Men, Hey, guys, don't say anything to the New Mutants, but I don't think Sean's dead. And I think there's somebody very shadowy yeah. and mysterious involved and it would be far too dangerous to involve the new mutants in it the other night i was giving jerry shit over the phone via text about him spoiling the fact that shan died and comes back to me and uh she comes back to you yeah oh but she comes back as fat karma and he totally deserves it you guys have been talking about that since the first episode though (laughs) i've had karma all that. I, I really don't. I don't know. But what I, I like, give, but I like giving Jerry crap. All right. And yeah. so then when uh when I did that, he was he immediately bolted back with, "You didn't read the books. <laughs> you were so mad. <laughs> he thought like a night before the fucking show that I hadn't read anything. <laughs> you would have known that, Sean, if you had actually read the books. Yeah. yeah. It's the journey. So I got the I got scolded by Jerry. That's right. Oh, I was wow. like, I have read the books. You redheaded motherfucker. <laughs> 
So if you're going to send the New Mutants off, um, you know, you're feeling bad, you're lying to them, um, but you want them to be protected from whatever danger you think might be uh, lurking around the corner if, if you investigate uh, Karma's passing here. Um, so where is he going to send him for a field trip, like to Coney Island or something? <laughs> yeah, nice and safe. Uh, it is uh, even better than Coney Island. He sends them to Carnival, <laughs> which is just... Um, I. I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's basically Mardi Gras, in but it's like ten countries wide. It's not one little area of one city. It's an entire continent celebrating, sexing it up on the streets, <laughs> getting crunk and having fun, <laughs> and then heading out into the jungle. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're really lucky. <laughs> they call they, it the jungle. One the, more Bob the... McLeod face comment that I just got to make. He, Sam. He gives Xavier those eyebrows like nobody else gives him. And it and it always makes you feel like, all right, Professor Xavier, I could buy the fact that he's a jerk. And as a, as a matter of fact, that he, he always gets a lot of uh, flack for being an ass and being a jerk early in his days. But this was purposeful. This 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 had meaning. He wasn't just being a jerk. He was trying to protect them, but he just happens to be a jerk, so he did it the wrong way. Yeah. He always has a reason for being a jerk. Now, you can disagree with what his reasoning, but in his mind, he's always doing the right thing. <laughs> Except where the ladies are involved. Until Brubaker <laughs> starts writing him, and then you can't. <laughs> Until Brubaker. Alas. So I really like Danny Moonstar. She was a little, you know... Yeah, we all uh, like Danny Moonstar. Firecracker. Wasn't my favorite, though. You know, I, I had ties to, because not reading the New Mutants first, but reading X-Force first, I, of course, was more attached to Cannonball. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the panel where they show up to Bobby's dad's house, and and um, they they meet the butler, the look <laughs> that Danny gives the butler, that face, I was like, hello. <laughs> I love Danny Moonstar just yeah. because of that one panel. Yeah, because the butler's like formal attire is uh, expected if you can manage it, and she's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You are a butler, and do not forget it. <laughs> if in comics they could pull off the now walk this way joke, they would have done it right here, you know, with them all walking funny like he was behind him. Danny Moonstar doesn't take anybody's shit. Yeah. She does not. I dig it. Me too. Me too. Sean, I think you and Danny would make for one crazy couple. I oh. would like to be in the room for those conversations. <laughs> Thank you, you for saying conversations. Be- you think she beat me up? She would cut your throat so fast. <laughs> She'd beat you up so good. I'm trying to imagine what kind of um, uh, mirage she would call up for your worst fear. Your worst fear? Yeah. Ew, no. An eight-hour podcast? He wiggled his eyebrows at me, you guys. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> I think I might be involved. You're involved. <laughs> But in, in cloth, in, Jerry. <laughs> Savage Land, Jerry. Ugh. So it turns out that Bobby's parents don't get along very well. We know already that um, his mom is not around very much, and he really resents that. 
and we know that his parents kind of have opposing viewpoints about the role of uh, the environment in uh, the Earth's importance. I just threw that out. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Well, she's an archaeologist, so she wants she wants things preserved so that she can uh, explore. And uh, he, he's a capitalist in a country, uh, uh, you know, where there's a big uh, difference between the rich and poor, and he's on the side of the rich, so he wants to stay that way, and he wants to exploit the resources that she wants to uh, leave intact so she can explore. An interesting point that's revealed much later in this arc, um, we find out later that he, as a child, was actually a slave. So he's somehow uh, risen from that station to one of the world's richest men. Uh, So I can kind of imagine the thought process for him. You know, anything that, that would stand in his way would be a threat towards going back to that world and uh, so I can empathize with him a little bit, you know, because of where he came from. In these stages, it's, you can identify with him, but then he grows a little. <laughs> he 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 leaves the parameters of what I can identify with after a little bit here. He does uh, eventually join the old bitch club for <laughs> sure. Yep. <laughs> but speaking of faces, though, again, while the New Mutants are squirming between the two parents. Yeah, so that that's an array of great faces too. Um, Rain's face, yep, and that, and that that whole um, oh my god, why am I even here right now? Face, I love it. And great use of to... thought balloons, right? Yeah, thought balloons. Oh my god, all I was thinking about while I was reading these issues and the um, specifically like a lot of Cyclops' stuff in one seventy four and one seventy five is how much I miss thought balloons in comics. Like, I get it that you're supposed to portray, like, what's going on with art and that we should be able to tell, but it's, there's just something. I just really miss it. Yes. Well, there they are. Plenty for you. I know. Uh, so going back to the faces, one thing I wanted to comment about, and I thought Steve might have an opinion about this, is uh, I've seen pencils, Buscema's pencils from, from this run, and they're very loose breakdowns, mm-hmm. and McCloud is doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, which is the way he wants it, I'm sure. I think that was the job for Sal coming in. I don't think it's that Sal turned in a half-assed job. I think that, that they wanted someone to help speed up Bob's process to lay it, lay it out for him. Yeah, and, and McLeod wasn't really into the storytelling part exactly. of the job. He the you know he wanted he just wanted to make pretty pictures. You know, tell him what the picture is supposed to be laid out like, and then he'll make it pretty. Honestly, he's an artist who would prefer probably to work for more of a full script so that uh, he doesn't have to spend the time dealing with the pacing aspect of it and can focus on making everything look so beautiful. Sure. So my comment is um, he renders a lot of the faces semi-photorealistic. You know, there's a lot of detail in them. And, but there's one exception to me that I and, and it always sticks out in every page he does in a New Mutants book is is Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny is drawn kind of like a like a, a a newspaper comic strip character. Mm-hmm. Her face is very simplified. You know, the eyes and the nose and the mouth are are so much more simplified than all the other characters. And it always just makes her look adorable to me. But it, it just sticks out because of the the difference in style from how he renders everybody else. He usually doesn't give her uh, very full lips, which leaves her with those um, often just like one-line mouths 
that we're so used to seeing from like news from like a Calvin and Hobbes or something like that, you know? Right. Um, but uh, in the uh, it's funny that you would bring it up when we were talking about them sitting around the table because it st- struck me as well in this scene that he really filled out her face here, and and I'm not used to seeing her with the puffy lips and and so much emotion on her face. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that panel stands out because of that. It, I think it would have stood out compositionally on the page if her face was so much more simplified. <laughs> when every other face on this page is so glorifully embellished, I mean. Yeah. Okay, so that is the thirty-second episode of Great Expectations podcast. We've enjoyed being here with you for the last three hours. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i was like wow we're really gonna blow through these these four new mutants issues hell no <laughs> never let's, never. let's go uh, to carnival yeah so they go to carnival and but, but and sam gets a little action right out of the shoot right on the some street. Uh, barely clothed beautiful young lady strolls Shirtless. up and makes out with him look at that face danny's making though when she says she wants to join him danny fight. you can you can Whoa. see danny just nodding like yeah sam <laughs> get in there get it get it <laughs> danny guys lay this out right now danny is kind of a freak <laughs> she's a little bit freaky and we're gonna see more of that in the next few issues next that, few pages Next page, as a matter of fact. That's right. So they go to, and I like this, they go to Sal's costume shop. Right? Because he's designing the costumes they'll try on in there. Makes sense. And yeah, they they end up, um, Danny is in a very revealing costume, but (laughs) it's a trifle more modest than she had in mind. See? (laughs) (laughs) Meow. She's going to get her blood and uh, Rain is dressed as a fairy princess in a beautiful uh, yellow gown. She's beautiful. And she says, I'm beautiful. And Sam says, you always were a sport. You just never oh. noticed. But he calls That's her sport so just to make sure yeah. she knows her place. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> or to make sure You're only she... 14. <laughs> Either that or to make sure that she knows his place. I'm not going to jail for you or anybody. <laughs> I don't dress How up like we... D'Artagnan for anybody. <laughs> That's right. Sam's got quite an outfit, and poor Bobby goes with a Conan look. But he's a little embarrassed about it, so he's still got the T-shirt on, right? Because he's like, oh, I don't have the muscles to back this up. I'll just keep this T-shirt on. And he decides he's not going to stick with that look at all. He's going for Fred Astaire, which is uh, more his speed. He actually looks like the, the Mego um, action yes. figure. Totally. Conan. Does he? To, to my eyes, he really doesn't have big, puffy. That's loin not a loincloth. That's, oh, that's yes. the loincloth that's wider than his hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got the loins to back it up, gentlemen. Uh, as all these ladies can attest to. Uh, unfortunately, his mom just done got snatched up by the Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club? What the Hellfire are they doing down in Rio? So tired of it. I'm so done with the Hellfire Club. What? I'm so over them. I'm so sick of them sticking their face into every single corner of the Marvel Universe at this in this era, anyway. It, it does seem like wherever the New Mutants go, the Hellfire Club is not far behind. Ooh. Hey, man. Bring on the Hellions. But so, so, much, Sam, so they recognize it immediately, you know? It's not like they're like, hey, where's Bobby's mom? All of a sudden it's like, whoa, she's been kidnapped by the Hellfire Club. Like, they, know what's, they know these guys have been bugging them. Cannonball tries to play hero and follow the the limo that's driving off with Bobby's mom in it, but um, 
some off-panel person axes Bobby a question <laughs> <laughs> to his face. He catches the broadside of an axe to his face. And yes, even though he is nigh invulnerable while blasting, this hurts him pretty badly. But he, he says, ow, even. He's going to say ow again, though, when he's nigh invulnerable while he's blasting. Later on in the thing, and I'm... I paid attention to that because he's supposed to be nigh invulnerable while he's blasting. Yeah, but it's I think it's more the surprise of something happening um where it's like like sometimes something will happen uh in my like to me like I'll uh bang my hand or drop something or bump into something or whatever it might be and like my wife will say ow and I'm like what are you saying ow it's like <laughs> it was me. Oh, it's just something you she's like oh it just surprised me like you know. She feels your pain. Yeah, right? I didn't feel it. So are like better one. her than I. <laughs> oh. But it does say that he was just thrown off balance, so he goes flying into a building and, and covered by rubble, taking him out of the uh, um, chase. Pandemonium ensues, and Axe is on the scene. Ugh. And you might know him as the A-Team's Mr. T. Oh, uh, no, I'm telling you, it's Bebop. Or Bebop from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also, but non-pig-like. Yes. This is a strapping young lad. Pre-mutagen. Yes, right. And he's got the widest belt you've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently goes to the left, as Steve likes to Oh, say. no. Yep. <laughs> dresses to the left. Do you dress to the left, left sir? Yeah, so... Uh, oh, no, I wear now. briefs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so he takes care of Bobby quickly slaps the shit out of Danny, and Rain runs off. Smartly. Even Axe identifies that as a smart move. Yeah. He Axe doesn't know jumps how in smart the car, and they're gone. And Rain is now in her preferred wolf form, and she's tracking those mofos all the way back to some rickety old church-like building. And the X-Men are going to get the drop on these fools. The new mutants. No, the New Mutants. I'm sorry. I was thinking ahead when they become the X-Men. Never. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) They still aren't, as far as I'm concerned. They they, they keep trying to put them in there, and then they don't... Somehow they just don't stick. One of them did. Nobody ever sticks, really. Ileana? Cannonball. He's he's stuck for the longest. You mean the Avenger Cannonball? No. Right? The Avenger Cannonball. I mean... The Uncanny... Avenger Cannonball. <laughs> the, the, the Cannonball who was an X-Man from 1995 until yeah. 2008, maybe? Yeah. When they tried to... Oh. When they... It was probably 96, actually. Good times. That's good good times. times. But then like, when they did that new volume of New Mutants, they made them all move into a house in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like what he did. Dated the devil. It didn't feel like it, though. It just didn't feel like it to me. I know. Why didn't feel like it to me. These Hellfire me Club why. guys. These Hellfire Club guys don't um, catch my eye correctly, and I'm realizing it's because of the mouths that they're giving them like really expressive mouths, oh, even though yeah. they're through mouth. What it is is it's the lower lip. You usually you don't get to see their lower lip sticking through the mask usually, um, <laughs> and uh, or their teeth. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're all like, oh. I've seen teeth before, but 
through the hole, but not uh, never oh. the changing. And I've seen the shape change even a little bit. You know, they do a little bit of that Iron Man action with them, um, but not oh, yeah. that lower lip so much like that. It's as if it's their face, but then a mask over their eyes. It's strange. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Do Beer Jerry. Do Beer Jerry has shown up. <laughs> Woohoo! Hi, everybody. <laughs> that means Hold the on, pace is about to pick up. It means we're going to talk about... <laughs> Probably not. Oh, where oh, them titties oh. is at? <laughs> Could you wait to watch for them in the X-Men title proper instead of here in the new 14-year-old New Mutants? Storm's appearance is over. Dun-dun-dun! And we're back. I love that calling noise. Okay. Sorry, guys. I I want you guys to know, visually, when Jerry said titties, he immediately turned around and sheepishly looked to make sure that his daughter wasn't walking down the stairs. (laughs) I did. I did. (laughs) Absolutely. So I was going to say that my greatest regret is that I wasn't able to record Great Expectations as the 10-year-old I was as I read these. Yes. As a young man. Because then I could say shit like... Where them titties is at, and really mean it. It's okay. Now I think I just everyone by now, thirty-two weepy. episodes into this, I think everyone understands that we try to get into a very nostalgic place yeah. right before we get here. And you right. mean it enough now. Yeah, <laughs> you might not mean it all the way, but you mean it enough. <laughs> I mean it enough. They don't mention how old they are in this I, issue. <laughs> I told you the other day. They only look fourteen. Right. Ah. I told Jerry the other day that twelve-year-old Sean would have been in love with Rain. It's true. It's that religious upbringing really does it for me. Yeah. And, and according to <laughs> Catholic girls, <laughs> according to Bob McLeod, that uh, he draws her voluptuous on purpose. Yes, he draws because it makes her feel awkward. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But nothing and, I like and, more than awkward girls. Because you got a chance <laughs> with them. If not, <laughs> Sean's got a chance with whatever walks in the room. Okay, so um, uh, they, they so they've tracked the Hellfire Club to their lair, and um, Bobby hatches a plan motivated by his hero Thomas Magnum. Wow! And um, yeah. I guess the plan basically is a Cyclops plan. They're going to split up, and Danny and Rain are going to take out the Hellfire goons. And Bobby is going to lay low axe. And that's exactly what happens. <laughs> and that's that's the end. I mean, let's not draw this out anymore. They kick some ass. The new mutants uh, do their can, job. And if you can at home, readers, just try to skip Axe's dialogue because it's horrible. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Hey, I think he says yo mama about 75 times. Oh, my God. That's as far as you go, Runt, or I got your mama. <laughs> I got your mama. At least his mama is around. Like true, right? <laughs> it would have been that much worse if he mama is wasn't actually part of the story. talking about his mama. And hey, it's not some theoretical mama. <laughs> when when Bobby smashes the floor, <laughs> I will give them credit for having Axe say the floor and not the floor. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, an R on true. That's true. When Bobby finally that's puts true. down Axe. Uh, <laughs> In the final uh, one-page uh, fight choreography, it's such a uh, Sal Buscema. This could be out of any book that Sal's ever drawn. 
You know what I mean? These poses yeah. are so uh, uh, Bobby hitting uh, axe multiple times. No backgrounds, you know? Classic. Rom just punched out and that I love, wraith. I, <laughs> I, love, I love the fact that um, axe is talking smack and Bobby doesn't say anything for three panels while he's whooping his ass. Yeah. And then he, after he's out, then he says, it wasn't. He just puts that period at the end of the sentence. Yeah. There needs to be more fighting done with, with uh, just fighting, and you don't have to keep talking while you're fighting. Just kick that ass, and then you can say what you need to say afterwards. Yep. We will get to But the thing of- about, and this, this issue ends with um, that nefarious scheming going on by Bobby's dad while he's all canoodled up in the back of a limo with Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. So, I got I, I have So that's where I lose my identification with. Sebastian Shaw, I you know, yeah. Being being the big uh, X Men fan that I was as a kid, like not reading New Mutants, I feel really dumb for not doing because it fleshes out so many of the characters. They were so long when I was reading the book where I, I didn't see Xavier. I think it's really interesting, like how tied Sebastian Shaw is to the New Mutants and Bobby's dad. Like you miss out a lot if you're not picking up the other titles. True. So we're up to New Mutants number eight. X-Men! Yeah. And it's got the the Amazons. The the light-skinned or slightly red-skinned Amazons. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a whole conversation here when a certain character gets introduced as an Amazon and then suddenly gets dunked in the water and then... Blackface is cool if it's in comics, right? That's fine. (laughs) We can do that. But they're all red on the cover. Brown face. Yeah, I miss I miss dialogue boxes in comics, or on comic covers. It should be pointed out too that there's a different colorist on the covers than there are for the interiors of books. Back then, it was probably still George Russell doing the covers, old George Bell. Hi there. Yep, I'm not gonna let your podcast die like uh, Roberto has let everybody in his life die. <laughs> in a hail of bullets. We're pulling you out of the water, buddy. <laughs> Talking about that Bob McCloud face, look at uh, Sam. On the cover? On the cover. Like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I love covers where there's, it's like a giant panel from the comic, you know, where there's dialogue in the cover. You do not see many of those. And so in this one, we see Danny fighting off three um, women. I'll just say women. And, um... And Sam is struggling with just the one in the foreground. And, and Danny says, they're not as tough as they look, are they, Sam? But Sam is sweating. I think those are bullets coming out of his forehead. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a pointy little uh, spear that's going towards his, his uh, uvula. Well, Danny's got this move where she can grab somebody by the wrist and like fling them around like the Hulk in the Avengers movie holding Loki. Because she, yeah. she does it inside, too. And she's doing it on the cover. Yeah, slam, 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 slam. Beauty <laughs> <laughs> God. So uh, we should mention this is McCloud's <laughs> last issue that he inks. Oh, but he goes out with a bang. Just the splash page alone could be like a, a like a spot illustration in like the Jungle Book or something for crying. Yeah, out I really do it's love so the great. the first page is outstanding. That's a good looking wolf. Lush. And McCloud the, is our boy. The mossy, swampy branches and everything. Oh, it's fantastic. 
Um, the New Mutants, because they are students, we must remember at all times that they are students and not young X-Men. They're training in the jungle, and uh, Rain and Danny are playing a game of hide-and-seek. Rain jumps out of a tree onto Danny and surprises and scares her. And then we see um, Sam and Bobby, you know, are, are, are also trying to hide from Rain, and they figured out it's been she's been gone too long. There must be something wrong. So um, they find they they actively try to track uh, Rain and, and Danny down. They find them, and then Sam decides he's going to do some training of his own by treating the jungle as a slalom course. And he's doing great until, in a classic Claremontism, he crushes a tree. <laughs> How many trees must die at the hands of this writer? And, and, and Berto's pissed. Yeah, well, the tree almost falls on Roberto, and uh, one pow later, the tree is no more. He's giving Sam guff about it. But he, because he kind of picked up from his mother's values, yep. hasn't he? He Save has. the forest, man. So after this little training session, they, uh, they, they call in home to Professor X on their little uh, Skype. 1983 <laughs> iPhone <laughs> Skype connection. <laughs> Wait a second. So you're telling me that in 1983, these guys could be in the jungle, call the Westchester County, and it doesn't get interrupted? They've got better technology than us, Jerry. She are. It's true. They do. (laughs) Their FaceTime works a lot better than ours. Well, they don't show that every five minutes they're cutting out and they're having to call Professor X back. That happens off panel. (laughs) Yeah. I hope. Professor X is actually doing it. He's like jiggling a little switch going, oh, we don't have a very good signal here. (laughs) So there's a classic X-Men issue with a backup vignette that has Bobby just like, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Drawn by John Bolton. John Bolton. So, Uncanny X-Men number 175. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we haven't finished with the New Mutants. I also like how when they're on the phone call that Professor X is like, oh. God damn it. No, really? Oh, there you are. It's yeah, still... <laughs> Professor X is oh, all right. God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, it's right. Marvel. I, 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 I heard a little poop. I thought you were gone again. Sorry. Oh. I, I also like when they're on the phone call, or the video call with Professor X, how he's pretty much like, uh, you know, uh, no, Team in America and I, are we're doing good here without you guys. Um, you don't mind that they're sleeping in your beds and everything, do you? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> he does also mention new arrivals amongst the X-Men, which I assume me- refers to Rogue. Oh, yeah. And she's joined oh, the team guys. while they were gone, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's then, basically telling them to accept the fact that Sean is gone, and he does not say dead. Then, that, that's the part Jerry was giving me crap about. He was like, clearly you didn't read the book. Well, earlier he tells the X-Men that he doesn't think she's dead. So, it's like page two. All right. Page two, Sean. Shame on you. Uh, I got to quit taking part in extracurriculars when I read my comics. Yes, you do, <laughs> Sean. So, Danny, Danny shows that she's the most streetwise member of this group. She knows <laughs> Professor X is up to something. She, she's like, he's leaving something important out of this little tale that he's weaving. Uh, and 
then she decides she'll get back at him by stripping down to her swimsuit and swimming in piranha-infested waters. That's very streetwise of her. Yep. Yes. But they're scared, well, she might be streetwise, but she's not jungle-wise. I know when the jerk on the boat that they're with is just like, well, too bad, I think I'm going to go throw some chum in the water. Screw this girl. Yeah. Castro. Yeah. What does this Castro guy have against them all of a sudden? But, of course, Danny survives because she is a hero, after all. And they make it to the boat, and we find out the crew is not really happy when they find out that these young children are dirty, stinking muties. They land. They, Cannonball saves Danny, pulls her out of the water because she uh, uses oh. her powers against the piranhas, which I thought was pretty interesting. She can use it against... Such the simple fishes. organisms yes. as fishes. I skipped over a very important part. That's all right. Mike. I'm partially drunk. I apologize. That's all right. Plus, we're about to cut out at any moment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just like frightened little piranha. Sean, take it away. I'm drunk. So, uh, Cannibal crashes into the island, and that's where they first... Uh, his... Alan, you got to help me out here. Is Amazon the correct term? <laughs> Amazonian? <laughs> All right, so they yeah. so they run into some Amazons. Incan. They're yeah. Incan. They're Incan. They're so, not even Incan at this point. They're, they're probably tribal females. <laughs> tribal <laughs> females. <laughs> oh, they are. They are definitely female. So yeah, Danny does her grab the wrist flip move, which is pretty impressive. Really impressive. Super. Well, Sam does his grab the ankle and pray <laughs> move. <laughs> I got so they, one. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in the Kama Sutra. Right? <laughs> the next pose they show Sam in with her certainly might be. Oh yeah, and, and isn't it isn't it fortunate that she that he happened to grab that one? Right, There's four of them, and out of all of them that he grabs, he grabs this one. The one that well, he has a twenty five percent chance of getting lucky. I mean, Don't we all? grabbing the right person, not getting lucky lucky will he so, ever yeah. win well that's okay they're all 16 until he meets smasher they're he's all never teenagers gonna... oh, forgot lila cheney uh, yeah lila cheney's gonna take care of all of his worries don't you sweat it poor sam will he ever win <laughs> so then uh back on the boat the the crew's giving him crap about having muties on there but the captain's <laughs> basically like hey you liked these kids 10 minutes ago what's the difference now they're still good kids but I still yeah. don't understand. Yeah. We always and, need an ally. And that old bitch Castro chips in, and he's like, yeah, be nice to these kids that I just tried to murder. Yeah, that, that is a little and weird. We'll, and we'll do so again. Yeah. So so they drag their captured uh, prisoner into the cabin of the boat, the yacht. I guess it's probably a yacht. And they're analyzing her weaponry, and they realize it's far too advanced to just be some primitive native What's the deal with this chick? Who are you, girl? Where'd you, where in the devil did you come from? And the natives in the jungle are trying to kind of rally and following the, the boat, but by land and acting like the, the uh, person who is the captured uh, um, tribal girl is important to them. And it, they kind of like, make it seem like she wanted to be on the boat. They're waiting for her signal. That the, the tribal's waiting in the... Uh... In the bushes remind me of the classic ambush scene in the Daniel Day-Lewis classic Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Last but of the Mohicans was based on New Mutants number nine. <laughs> and Lord of the Rings and Apocalypse Now and 
<clears throat> what about what about Indiana Jones and the and uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark? Because this tribe is called the Havitos. See, it's all based and, on New Mutants. Yeah, Alan, I believe the the Havitos are the ones that were Belloc's um, allies, trying to give Indy grief at the beginning of the movie. Knowledge, yeah. consider yourself dropped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it was uh, Doc, Doc Ock of all people yeah. was helping out, right? That son of a bitch. <laughs> Throw me the whip. Throw me the whip. Throw me the yes. whip. <laughs> but I'm, I'm Holy shit, to... that was the same guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Alfred Molina. Isn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to... I'm proud to let you know that I got that knowledge from uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 because uh, when Michael Nelson came on board, he he uh, did that speech when um, he's saying and he did all that. And then I, I had to look at then he said the Havitos is in that in that speech. So that's where I picked it oh, up from. Nice. Mystery Science Theater. 3000. Hot. Damn. Watch. Your, watch your. I, you know what? That's actually crazy that you brought up. Um, Raiders, because later on in the New Mutants issues, when Celine is going after the character to be introduced, I was like, this is real Temple of Doom shit going on right now. So maybe Chris Claremont did his thing like he's done before in other... Oh, yeah. Like like uh, Alien and Star Wars. He's a, he's a cinephile. Star Trek, yeah. Why write your own story if you can borrow a better one? Hey. Improve hey. on it. I'm sorry. Claremont's stories are better than all of those hey. stories. Hey, this is just I love Chris Claremont. If anything uh, I say uh, ever sounds critical, it is from my heart. All right. And it is said with love. Yeah, because movies never copy beer. the comics. Yeah. Fuckers. What? <laughs> You're talking about Castro? <laughs> <laughs> he is a fucker. Rain wanders into the room where our prisoner is kept, and um, he finds Castro beating on her, trying to get some information out of her. And she tries to stop him, and Castro strikes Rain, a poor 14-year-old young girl. Well, With she doesn't hair. take too kindly to that. And you hear, Because it's on now. Yep. She's a wolf now. Castro yep. gets She's religious a... real quick when that happens. <laughs> Castro, yeah. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Blessed saints. <laughs> a werewolf. He runs, hands in the air, waving. A werewolf. He's running. <laughs> He's still running to this day. <laughs> he ran until he got caught. <laughs> but Rain takes... He's being portrayed by Alfred Molina. <laughs> He's oh my god that's the actor that's playing him that's oh, awesome I could believe that it's true so Rain takes pity on this poor captive girl and uh releases her from her bondage and, um, and she starts Rain starts pouring her heart out and she she mentions that her name is Rain and the girl re- repeats it back phonetically like rain falling out of the sky so that new readers know that that's how you say this chick's name. Yep. Smart, Claremont. Not yep. only that, but me. Yep. But, yeah, but also me, because I, I would have said it's Ronnie. I would have always thought it was Ronnie. Aw. Because she's Scottish. Why wouldn't it be Ronnie? 
I don't I have a good answer. Wrong. It's not Ronnie. Because Claremont isn't Scottish. <laughs> He's from the... <laughs> You're telling me his Gambit Cajun dialect isn't factual? <laughs> uh, just, just ask uh, Channing hey, Tatum. break it to you, Sean. Oh, oh, Sean, don't get Sean yeah. started on Channing Tatum. All right, back to New Mutants. It's going to be good, guys. <laughs> don't worry. They never, they never make a wrong call anymore. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Rain- that's Fox Rain- making those calls. So True, true, true. Rain pours her heart out to the, the Amara, she said her name is, and tells her that she prefers to be in wolf form. But the, the face Castro made, she sees that hate on people all the time. Just going through some stuff. And then she gets, she gets as she's leaving the room, she sees that uh, the captain's dead. And then she gets the butt end of a gun to the face. And I love it because as she's passing out, she says, why am I always the one to get my head bashed? It's not fair. <laughs> yep. I love it. It's true. It's true all the way back to their first appearance. Yes, uh-huh. I, I have always remembered that. I was thinking that for Amara... I, I have always remembered that. If she couldn't understand um, Rain, and Rain's pouring out her heart like that, and she doesn't know if she's giving her instructions or telling her what, I'm wondering what was worse, getting slapped around by Castro or hearing Rain pour her heart out <laughs> while she's still tied to the chair? <laughs> you stay tied to the chair. I got something to say. Goodness! <laughs> so when Rain... Have a little it, empathy... Um, she wakes up on the floor in a pool of her own blood and, um, the entire crew of the ship has been murdered, but the new mutants have been spared along with Bobby's mom and Amara, who has now transitioned from sitting in a chair to a bed. And we won't extrapolate what happened in the meantime, because that's gross. But, um, they are now on, on a course for the, um, the rapids that they were careful to avoid earlier. And they're about to fall down a waterfall, and it's not going to be good. No, especially if there's rocks at the bottom of the waterfall. That's a, that's a weird... But isn't that weird, though? Who put put them in the room just to go over the waterfalls? Why well, not just kill them? Well, Castro, right. I think, because I, he, he we haven't seen... We've seen him set other things up to injure them, but we haven't seen him necessarily want to, like, just, like, strangle one of them in, in their sleep or something. Uh, maybe he's got a little bit of a heart in there, to some, or he doesn't at least want to get his true hands dirty. I don't think he's the one who killed the rest of the crew. The, that was probably the Javitos there. Yeah, right. um, yeah. the captain's got the arrow in the The Javitos! So, so, <laughs> so he just knocks them out and leaves them and, and gets off the ship, I think, basically. Right. Yeah, The I think the idea is to um, discourage them from continuing on their journey, not so much to murder them, because he, spoiler... He is the employee of Bobby's father, after all. Right. Or at least his associate. Uh, and he mentioned it on the boat earlier. And that's true. And and the uh, instructions from Bobby's father is not to kill him and his friends, or his wife. Him well, and his wife. If it's avoidable. Right. I think, I think he's good with them dying avoidable. if it's necessary. He even stated so to Shaw. Yeah. If I have to kill a few kids along mm-hmm. the way, so be it. So into the drink, everybody goes, including Amara. Um, they're all fished out with the exception of Bobby's mom, who's disappeared. But it's Rain who rescues Amara from the water. 
And when she grabs her, she's a dark-skinned native girl. And when she pulls her out of the water, suddenly she's a pale, blonde girl. And there's never an explanation. Craziness. Um, so we have, we have to find one. She's red I, on the cover, black in the beginning of the story, and now fair-skinned. I'm going to guess mutant. She's probably just a mutant. Chameleon. She's part chameleon. Maybe that. Part Incan, part Roman. Secondary mutation. Hmm. Yes. It's a, that's a secondary mutation before they've even shown secondary mutations. So right. there is an explanation for all this, guys. All it's right. coming. All right. It's coming. But in the meantime, they all drag their wet selves out of the water, and uh, Bobby's freaking out because his mom is missing. Oh, there's and always what's... one person who doesn't come out of the water. Never go into the water. Never go into the water. As Never leave the boat. Not Only swim alone. <laughs> uh, but when they Even gather themselves piranha. on the beach, they are now set upon by the fourth Manipal first cohort Thunderclap Legion, and henceforth are slaves of Imperial Rome. What, what the fuck? Hoorah! This is some real Doctor Who shit happening right now. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then there's there's a great ad at the end for um, where Marvel is actually advertising... Um, and this has got to be the byproduct of their own artists complaining, but they're advertising that they're changing the layout of their covers so that there's more cover, less cover dress and more room for the actual art. Excellent. Now the thing so, won't have to be cross-eyed. <laughs> That's right. A and nice so, super close-up of the thing's face. No more ads for bicycles. Let's hope not, guys. No more Toys R Us shopping sprees. This comic could be worth a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> They're all worth Never a million be, dollars. Though. They're worth a million doll hairs. X-Men! So, uncan- oh, geez. Uncanny New Mutants number nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't keep butchering that. That'll uh, be a new title. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> it's Uncanny Everything in 2015, isn't it? Uh, the New Inhumans, number nine, written by Chris Claremont, drawn penciled by Sal Buscema, with finishes by Tom Mandrake. And uh, this is entitled Arena, published in November of 1983, according to the cover, but we know it really came out earlier than that. Um, but linger, so, linger on the cover just a minute for the Bob McLeod, McLeod yeah. and the Rain... Um, profile. I love it. I don't so know why great. I love it so much. I know. I envy it. It's so good. The it's ear, so good. the hair, everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you guys are looking at. <laughs> She's only 14 years old. Nope, not the way. Well, yes, but Bob McLeod said it on your show that uh, he makes her a little bit more full figured. <laughs> I mean, look at and look at Sam's shoulder on the car. I mean, McLeod is just—he's just a master artist. Yeah, Sam beefing up there. And Sam is Sam's grown up in this issue. He's gotten some muscles on him. Sam has grown up. Yeah, you smash through enough trees and uh, start picking (laughs) up some mass. Unfortunately, what mass he's gained, uh, Danny has lost. (laughs) Danny has shriveled up and become a 
some kind of wraith. Now, Tom Mandrake is a fine artist in his own right, but this is he's a he's a uh, new to the industry at at this time, and it is a, quite a uh, quite a difference between McLeod's uh, embellishes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an adjustment for sure, and it's definitely a step backwards. But by the next issue, he does I was a nice job in some of the pages. He does. And there, there are some panels that I really enjoyed, but I do miss McLeod immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Moonstone on that splash page alone is enough to... Raise one to Bob McLeod, buddy. Bob McLeod! <laughs> Woohoo! Alan, where's your, where's your amaretto sour? Uh, I'm actually having the sour without the amaretto. Whoa. Yeah, you hear it? That's a little sweet. It's just... It's just lemonade. And it's not really it's not really sour mix. It's lemonade that I use. All right. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Quick digression. <laughs> I could watch Alan singing videos all day long. Where did you find an Alan singing video? That's not my name. That's not my <laughs> He posted one for Andrew Shaw the other day. Damn it. I just hope that someday Alan will love me as much as he loves Andrew freaking Shaw. That's all I, <laughs> I hope. I don't know. That's hard. I don't know. That's gonna be really hard. The man Sorry. who won't even cross an ocean to come visit us. <laughs> I don't know why he gets well, all. I, mean, I don't know. That's like three thousand, four thousand dollars when they come over to America. You're but worth it, did, buddy. You're worth it. You are. Yeah. If he did, it would only be for me, though. It wouldn't be for anybody else. But for me. No. I won't even try to talk to him. <laughs> so, I'm gonna post music- this video on your page. Do it, okay. do it right now. Oh, I do want to talk. I got to talk to the uh, talk about how cool I thought the the second page of this issue was and the splash page because they, they come out of the cave like wherever the the what were they called again, Jerry? The Legionnaires. No, not the, the Vitos, The Romans. The Nova Romas. Yeah, those guys. They come out of a cave. They're they're got their spears pointed at the New Mutants. And the first thing that they see is New Rome. And this, when I turned the page, it immediately took me back to the first time that the X-Men saw the Savage Land. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, I felt yes. like this harkened back to that. Or the first time that they ever saw Magneto's big, the, the, the Citadel thing that he, was that Magneto's? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah? Okay. Or, no, it was, uh, yeah. It's been in, 32 episodes, people. Yeah. In the Savage Land. <laughs> I'm getting <Man>. rusty. <laughs> <laughs> he, he put his glasses on so he could push him up. <laughs> nice. Right on. You got to have a moment. You got to pick. You got to set your scene. Um. So the new mutants are thrown in a dungeon with Amara, who introduces herself by her full name, Amara Juliana Olivia Aquila, or is it Aquila mm-hmm. or, or is it Akia? What do you think? Uh. We'll, we'll say Aquila. Yeah. Aquila. I say Aquila. I think Aquila because yeah. they're Roman. They're not. They're not. Uh, yeah, her last uh, name is not that of a Swedish furniture store. Right. So she mentions that she is the daughter of the first senator of Nova Rome, and thus an important person. It comes out that uh, she's been sent into hiding with the native people because her father is the leader of the political resistance, and there's much discussion of. Um, taxation of trade routes and uh, a mysterious Sith Lord and it gets very boring and Anakin Skywalker walks in and says 
All I can remember is tearfully crying, love can't save you, only my new powers can. Uh, so, um... You're breaking my heart! That last panel... Sean, <laughs> 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 you're breaking my heart! So the way Danny makes friends with people Good. is by pulling their worst fear out of their head. That last page, <laughs> yeah. oh, Bobby, is Ooh. my absolute favorite. Sorry. That's okay. It's okay. The, 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 the page where he says, Sam, leave me to my rage. Yeah. I'm like, I understand that Bobby's been through a lot, but he's dramatic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He really well, is. He is. He, he just saw his mom die. I know. Possibly. And it reminded him of his girlfriend dying in his arms. I know. The way they yeah. put the they spotted put, the blacks on him in that in that panel, they might as well have put a couple of little pieces of Kirby crackle, like his powers were like like he was yeah. keep holding his powers in, you know. Yeah, I wish they had. And between yeah. his between his between his girlfriend and his mother, there was Shan, as far as he knows. So yeah, right. People are dying left and right around him. All the ladies he loves, or well, liked a little, or liked a little, <laughs> liked enough to watch her get a haircut. So as I was saying, <laughs> yeah. as I was saying, Danny, uh, having formally met Amara now, pulls her worst fear from her head, and we see Amara cast into a fiery pit hmm. by a tall woman with her hair pulled up over her head. That's a reasonable worst fear. Yep. What's mine, that all about? Mine is sinkholes. If I met Danny Moonstar, <laughs> she would immediately show me falling into a sinkhole. Man, sometimes I'll think about that, and I'll, I'll be sitting on my couch, and I'll be like, what would happen if my fucking house just fell into the... That would be the worst. Yeah, nobody's going Uh-oh. in after you. Yeah, At least no. you got your house and your stuff with you. I'm not putting mine on <laughs> Is it not, not meeting up. me in person? <laughs> You're a not lovely me. person. <laughs> lovely boy. So Bobby says, that's it, guys. We're busting out of here. He smashes down the door and fit, fit, fit. They are filled with poison darts. Yeah, they know the Javitos. Exactly. Isn't that exactly like the Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yep. Yeah. Two cultures close Gee. to each other. They know each other. They know their they tricks. Do. So we meet Amara's dad and we meet his arch rival, Marcus Domitus. That's a straightforward name. Yeah. Don't fuck around. Just say what your Dom. your name should say what you are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be <laughs> Gerald Baldus. <laughs> Baldus Deprestus. <laughs> Baldus Deprestus per, per Vito. <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. Skin, as, as Slurmo likes to refer to me as. Mr. Celebrity Skin. Yeah. <laughs> you should release a book of all the scantily clad females in X-Men history. I'm working on it. Pages and panel numbers. Give me time. All right. So um, these two set each other up, set themselves up as rivals, and um, Amara's dad says that he will have the best of Marcus Domitus, even if it means the death of all of that dog and those darn kids. Truth. <laughs> And then we are introduced to Celine. Mm. Yeah, that name should sound familiar if you're an X-Men fan. Yeah. This is the first appearance of Celine, the future 
Black Queen of the Hellfire Club, the future nemesis of one Rachel Summers. This is the most evil person in the X-Men's universe. I'm convinced of it. You think? Yes. Really? What about Trevor Fitzroy? I thought that I don't give scared. a shit about Trevor Fitzroy. I do. Sean Sean will educate me about Trevor Fitzroy. Yeah. He okay, she's second most evil after um Pete Wisdom. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> I see why you Why you gotta deflower my girl? I see. I hope Colossus pummels him to death one day. Yes. Zaladane's Pummel. not so nice either. Or maybe Sice Burrier could just write him and no one would care ever again. <laughs> Ouch. So Celine takes Marcus down to the dungeons where she reveals that she has captive one, Mr. Castro. The same Castro from that stupid yacht. And he swears allegiance if they will help the Hellfire Club. They'll bring all kinds of weapons and good shit along. And Marcus says, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Let me think about that. Yeah, just leave your stink at home. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, we cut to Rain getting the Eddie Murphy coming to America treatment. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish vagina is clean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it really is. Kind of, this is the creepiest scene in any comic book ever. Really? Are you wondering if is it red with that same pattern that the hair there? Have you gotten to X Men Micronauts limited Great series yet? Podcast, everybody. Great expectations podcast. Yeah, we're getting there. We're right, getting there because that's got the creepiest ever. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. Um. But this, yeah, this, this whole bathing scene with the the preteens is. Oh, uh, let's spend as little time here as possible because it's a mess. But um. And they're getting drunk. They man. are getting drunk, which is really out of character for Rain, I think. But they're like, while the professor's away, the new mutants will play. Amari um, even warns them, and they're like, "Ah, oh, that's all right. Just pour me another." I don't think in the the fifth panel on the page though that that um, Rain makes a comment about her looks and and or her haircut and how she, Danny should get her haircut. And Danny pipes back with, "And look like you." I was like, that's kind of bitchy, Danny. Yeah, you know how she right. is. She's already <laughs> self-conscious. She's sitting there in the bubble bath in the nude, and you're going to fucking cut her like that. Right? Mm-hmm. It was this done before playfully. the drinks, too. I we know. Can't, you can't uh, excuse that on the drinks, either. Yeah. The real feelings are coming out. It's not like everybody's drinking and arguing about AVX, right? Editor's note, see our Facebook group if you want to know what Sean's talking about. Amara knew not to drink. (laughs) (laughs) So Ursula the Sea Witch comes out, tells him they're all going to die real soon. (laughs) (laughs) And Amara tries to escape, but she's hit by her first flash of pain caused by her sudden emergence of her mutant powers. Only she don't know that yet. I'm just giving you she guys the tip. Had one. Right. Yep. Oh. Just the tip. She's, Alan said she's it. Already, she's already had... No, I didn't say it. <laughs> Jerry said that. <laughs> <laughs> she's already had one manifestation of her mutant powers, which was turned from a black girl to a white girl. 
You're gonna Don't make forget me. that part. I almost just peed. <laughs> I like how Rain's drunken sleep position is like her like clawing at the sky like she's a, like having a dream and like wiping at the sky. <laughs> like a dog dreaming. Yeah. Oh. She's having doggy the dreams. <laughs> Jerry, are yes. you going to be three beer, Jerry? Huh. I'm running out of beers. So I think I will be three beer, Jerry. Maybe. Oh. We have never on this show had three beer, Jerry. And now you know why. We've reached level number three. <laughs> it's come to that. What was the third <laughs> level of hell, Steve, in the oh, Crawler's Inferno? If we can get him to be five beer, Jerry, by the time we hit 175, we will be in for a slobbering, sobbing mess. I will be at five beer, Jerry, by the time <laughs> we get to New Mutants number 10. Mastermind's not such a bad guy. <laughs> no, really? you will never hear me say that. He's he the worst. He just doesn't like looking in the mirror, that's all. <laughs> hey, we're really not doing that too bad. Actually, on the recording, we're up to like an hour and a half, but we started at like 16 or 17 minutes in, so I mean, okay. we're, we're only like an hour and 10 minutes of actual uh, content right now, if that helps it at all. It feels like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> but a fun eternity. We're we having to be fun. Doing. We are having sure. fun. We're not talking... Eh, Fuck the plot. We don't care about the plot. We get tied up in the plot. Let it go. We like we like the details. Let it go. Let it go. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, I don't that's all I know. Uh, I don't care if I've got ripped underwear. <laughs> <laughs> or no that's underwear. The new Batman jingle bells. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, so Amara's trying to escape, and um, she is stopped by Celine, who says, you look so delicious to me. And you're like, why does she look delicious to you? But you're going to find out. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Evil. We need to drop every time Celine's in here where Alan says that new bitch. <laughs> well, she, he know. hasn't no, said I, it. I, Only I've said Alan, it. Alan, I like you. I don't like giving you orders. I like you being spontaneous. Yeah. And, and plus, I don't give... I haven't given Celine the same kind of status as Emma Frost. That's true. She has to earn it. No, bitch. She's so... <laughs> I talked over it. God. Uh, she's so much worse than Emma Frost, though. I don't well, know. She I don't is evil. This issue. But she, she is, she's evil and self-serving for her own self. Emma, what Emma does is... I mean... No, I just said the same exact thing for uh, Celine that applies to Emma. But the thing about Emma that I don't like, as opposed to Celine, so okay, Celine is just this like reptile. Okay, she's never pretended to be anything else but who she is. True. Right. When you the, the the more issues you go by, the more you'll see she's just about the one thing. She's going to go for her power and get what she likes out of mutants. Okay, let me just put it out there like that is not to spoil whatever right right but emma emma's playing the long game sneaking in and out of the graces of people talking about she's this noble girl at heart and all this bullshit and also she's just like selena as far as i'm concerned but she but she's wearing all these different faces yeah. and i don't appreciate that 
Oh. That's what, that's what I don't like about Emma. The seal is cracked on beer three. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Emma, if you're going to be evil, just be evil. Don't don't slink up and act like some kind of kitty cat and then Miss Vulnerable. Oh, I'm I'm I I actually love him and all this bull. I don't want to hear that because I don't believe it. Mm-mm. I am never going to believe it. <laughs> That's the punctuation on that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my beer, people. Actually, did we lose the boys again? I think so, but I think I think that applies really well now. I think Jerry and uh, Sean are the Sam and Bobby of podcasting. Sorry. There they are, the Sam and Bobby of podcasting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, what's Bobby's catchphrase? Perdoga or something like that? Perdoga? Pierogi. <laughs> oh, those Brazilians love their pierogi. Brazilian, that's it. That's who they are. I, couldn't yeah, I hear that um, Bobby is worth a Brazilian dollars. <laughs> now that he owns AIM. That's right. So Bobby and and Sam are turned into gladiators, and they are forced to drink some delicious-looking purple wine. Uh, hopefully that's cherry wine. And they can drink some cherry <laughs> wine. Uh-huh. But they're taking their clothes off. Though. They don't have to take their clothes off to have a good time. But they have. But they have. They're changing they have. the wall and... They have been stripped down to their breastplates and their European briefs. Those aren't European briefs. (laughs) No, they're not. There's two people here who know European briefs. (laughs) No, no, my friend, are not. (laughs) They're not even tidy whiteies. They're loosey whiteies. Yeah, they are. They're just big diapers. Yep. They are. That's all they are. Well, that's in case they shit themselves in gladiatorial combat, which is what they're faced with here. Yeah. They are put in the Gladiators Arena, which is the name of this issue of the New Mutants, Arena. Chariot races abound. Sam smashes a bunch of stuff, and here's a callback. Um, you see Sam blasting, and he's it's got the sound effect in his little blast trail. Yeah. They go back to that little ditty, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse <Wow>. me. <laughs> And um, he loved it so much he couldn't think of any other way to express it but that. <laughs> That's the truest sign of love. What's sick? I tell my wife blast. all the time. What's sick is Rain yes. and uh, Danny are up in the um, like in the press box, so to speak, uh, with the heads of state, and they're all doped up. So they're actually cheering on when horrible things happen in the arena, like it looks like Bobby gets run over with a chariot. Oh, like, Ben Hur style. They're like, get him, yeah, yeah. Um, they're calling for blood. Everybody in the crowd, that, including them. But look at what Rain says. He says, kill him, my love, under the influence of... But it's not exact who she's talking to, who she's you know, talking about. Based on the um, graphic novel, I would assume it's Bobby, but no. it seems more like it's Sam. It's Sam. And she's never really given any indication that she's into Sam prior to this, has she? Or after. Or she could just Not be talking to both of them as her loves, her little, <laughs> no, her she, little trinkets, she, you know? She absolutely does, because she talks about how she doesn't... the way Because 
but uh, Sam is clearly like influenced by Amara. Like he's enamored with right. Amara, and Rain's pretty jealous of that. Yeah. Plus, she hates Amara because she poured her heart out to her, and Amara played the "I'm native and I don't understand you" card. Yeah. But she totally yeah. did understand her, yeah. and Rain was like. Why did you let me say all that? It was like when my brother had to move back into my parents' house when I was a kid with his new Spanish wife. So I learned Spanish. Mm-hmm. Just so I could hear her talk shit about my family on the phone to her family. Yeah. 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 What up, Spy Sean? Oh, my God. <laughs> Spy Sean! <laughs> did, you, did you find out m- many things? <laughs> she didn't like my family, that's for sure. And she was very surprised Uh-oh. when I started speaking Spanish back to her. The girls finally so come them, to their my love. yeah. The girls finally come to their senses up there. They shake off the the uh, the haze and join in on the fracas. No. <laughs> so um, since there are no Roman centurions left to fight, Sam and Bobby have turned on each other, and Sam has now gotten the best. Oh, Bobby has now gotten the best of Sam. And that's what snaps Rain out of her drunken haze. She's scared for Sam. Yeah, because she says, my love is in peril. Uh, I must uh-huh. save him. So she goes all wolf, jumps into the arena, and her telepathic link with Danny, when she's in her wolf form, snaps Danny out of it. She conjures up a vision of Professor X. That snaps Bobby and Sam out of it, and next thing you know, you've got your new mutants all back to normal. And then there's a celebration, and Boss Nass uh, delivers the trophy to Qui-Gon, who's dead, and I'm drunk. <laughs> next issue, betrayal. Well, he says that, um, like, like the, the, the head of Nova Roma, what, what was his name again, Jerry? Marcus? Marcus Dominus. Okay, he uh, announces that... Uh, they must be descendants of our divine patron, Julius Caesar, and that she-wolf Rain is a founder's... Res- She's the direct descendant. Yes, exactly. The hair. The, the hair yes, gives it away. Yes. Hair just like Caesar. No, but the, the wolf as well. No. Is it? <laughs> no. It's the wolf being from Romulus and Remus. Yeah. The wolves. Romulus and Remus. Yeah, and in the letters page... There's an ad for an Indiana Jones comic. Hell yeah. The plot thickens. Aha. Uh-huh. Hmm. So. Yeah. Now we see. see. See, anybody that would read this comic clearly must be... <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> clearly must be... Fan. What? Jones. Your the little f- sound effect. I, I duck it. every time you make that sound effect. I duck really quick. <laughs> I duck and move quick. X-Men! So, New Mutants number 10, Betrayal. Written by Chris Claremont, drawn by Sal Buscema. Tom Mandrake is the completionist. <laughs> he, <laughs> he finishes Sal Buscema. All over the page. Every page. Every part of the page, too. So, uh, issue 10's cover. This is the last cover by Bob McCloud. So let's just have a moment of silence for Bob McCloud leaving this book. It's a great cover. I love that in the foreground you've got Sam blasting and smashing into one of the Centurions and you see a tooth flying out of the dude's (laughs) head. Yeah, the colorist missed it, though. 
at least on on the digital Where? copy from uh, Marvel Unlimited, and they they colored it in uh, the same color as the uh, stoop shadow, rather than coloring it white because you see it oh, flying out. Right. On the original cover, yeah. is it? Uh, is yeah, it white. Yes, it is. It is white. Right. Yep. So they messed up on like the to, digitization. Yep. I also like that Rain is half transformed. Yeah, I love her transitional form. That's my favorite. Yeah. Too she should do that. A little too hippie for me. <laughs> you mean hips? You mean like real hips? She's yeah. got too much, too many hips. The, the hip yeah. and the waist are a little too disturbing on the uh, with the rest of the wolf form. No, it works for me. All right. Can I, can I make a confession? <laughs> can I confess something? I just may, we just may not be able to absolve you. <laughs> no, I have no plans. I ask for no absolution. I ask for none. The the rain character. Wolfsbane was a was a direct inspiration for me of a character I put in the Power Principle. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to thepowerprinciple.co to find out what I'm talking about. Nice. Yeah, do it. It's all that's it, you guys. It's a Saturday morning. I'm sitting here drunk off my ass with my three boys, just right. talking about X Men shit. Alan's talking about the comic right. he draws. It does not get much better than this. Except when we get to Uncanny. Oh, awesome. Uh, we still get to talk about that. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> two and a half beer, Jerry, is fucking insane. <laughs> you what? guys just saw this, the face he made. I'm so excited. Woo. I'm glad we went with this shit first. Let's get I these mean, new mutants going here. Out of, out of Nova Roma. So the new mutants have gone from prisoners to heroes slash gods. A real Jesus story going on here. It is. It is. Flipped. Flip it. Flip it for real. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And after their little parade that they're put on through the city, um, they are tended to by slaves. And this is the point where Bobby reveals that his dad, as a child, had been a slave. And um, everybody just kind of sits there uncomfortably, and they're like, I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) And Sam and Rain... Get into their fight over Amara. Sam likes her a little too much for Rain's comfort, and Rain distrusts her too much for Sam's comfort. There's a nice panel of Sam oh, eating a bunch of grapes. Hmm. And he's got his, uh, his cheek puffed out from chewing on grapes. Yum. That's my contribution to this issue. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent contribution. Sam's cheek, <laughs> Sam's cheek puffed out? Yes. Um, I, I respect really... the fact that uh, Tom Mandrake is trying to preserve Sam's ears. Yes. Poking out, but nobody did him like Bob McLeod. Truth. Right. I was I was going to say for the cover, for the cover that uh, not only are we going to pour one out for Bob McLeod's last art, but pour one out for Sam's ears. True. Now, His ears don't get to be that epic. If you're Rob Liefeld slappy, you think that his ears are the worst thing that's ever happened to comics. Because why would you root for a guy who's not all heroic and shit? Why why would he look all awkward like a normal person? Like a kid that might be actually reading his comic book. Yeah. Put a helmet somebody on Somebody that could... I had to <laughs> He just wears headphones all the time. <laughs> and goggles. Uh Hearing Rob Liefeld say that makes me so mad. Don't let it get to you, buddy. Well, I, I don't carry it around with me, but when I hear it said, I'm just like, you're a jerk, man. You're a jerk. 
So, uh, what else happens in this? Um, Castro shoots Bobby, shoots Sam in the arm, and frames Amara's dad for it. And, um, but before that happens, Danny, in the middle of the night, tries to go for a midnight stroll through the town to see what's what. What's what? Uh, but she's nabbed up, and she is nabbed. Um, missing, and nobody seems to want to find her. Yep, <laughs> right. They're taken into the cave, the sanctuary of the cult of fire. The cult of fire. That's kind of set aside in Celine's um, mythology. That cult of fire thing gets kind of set aside. That was just a vehicle for her existence there. Nice. nice. Yes. Um, so so uh, Danny wakes up and she has changed clothes into a nice scale male bikini um, a la Red a la, Sonia. I was just about to say that. Alan. Yes. My soul brother. <laughs> we are on the same wavelength. Yep. Same armband and, too. Yes. Yeah, but just a cloth top, right? Maybe that's right. for the best. But Amara is there too, and it turns out that Celine has brought them to this little cave in the middle of a of a volcano, with the intention of sacrificing them to empower herself. And there's a third girl there, a very lovely third girl who, um, on panel, is forced into the mouth of this volcano, never to be seen again. There you go. Pretty tough. And you're next, little girl. So I just, I want to put out there... That's the Celine that remains. That's Celine. Celine is who she is now, and she always is this way. She shows all her evil, and then this evil is is, is consistent. For as long as she's in these books, as far as I've noticed. Right. And, but my assertion is that it is as evil as anything the X-Men will encounter. Ever. Or the New Mutants, for that matter. But, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say that this is the kid book. And we just see a teenage girl in a bikini sacrificed into a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> There is so much more death in the New Mutants than there is in the X-Men book. True. You know, they're very careful about violence in the X-Men book and and, um, suggesting violence without showing it. But you don't really see that in this book. And I don't know if it's just that there's a a change between 1980 and 1983 where suddenly the books are getting more violent or what. But... um, and how much of it is the fact that, like, the X-Men are now the biggest hit, right? And they've overtaken anything that either company, uh, either the big two are publishing, and they're just the number one comic. Um, you're not going to kill off any of those characters for reals. And so yeah. here you have these characters that are, what, seven, eight, nine, ten months old. Um, anything can happen. This, the stakes are high, and they've shown by getting rid of um, karma already that anyone's at risk and anything can happen. So by having there be show these moment of death, it reminds you that like, you know, uh, Mirage could be next. Danny really could be next. Sure. It's, it's weird too, because the, the whole thing that Xavier, Xavier, um, put forward was that these guys are not young X-Men. They're just students. He's just teaching them how to use their powers Mm -hmm. so they can live in the normal world. 
but they are in so much danger at all yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Now that you said that, you're reminding me that that trend kind of continued in Generation X and the new X-Men, and they kill kids left and right in the, in, yeah. in the, in the Young Mutant books. Yep. Their left very right. existence is a danger to them at all new, times. New IP. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody uh, trademark that real quick. Yeah, corporate hasn't put the don't even touch that character or do anything to him yet. <laughs> well, that, revol- that reveals something about the writers. I'm looking at you, Chris Claremont. I'm looking at you. Uh, so in the end, um, Danny tries to fight back to prevent Amara from getting cast into the pit next, but her powers don't really work on Celine. They do work on the guards, so she's able to escape the guards, but not before um, Celine can work her voodoo on, on Danny, and there's this really creepy panel where Danny's eyes go white, and she's... Horrified by Celine's touch. There's some bad juju going on there. Yeah. And then Amara is cast into the lava pit. And there's a giant earthquake in the city. And Amara emerges from the volcano. But she's not Amara anymore. She's magma now. And she will have vengeance. Mm. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the first appearance of magma. Yep. All right. So what happens on the next page? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't tell you because we're at the end of our little run of New Mutants. What? The next page is the bullpen bulletins <laughs> announcing it is the dawn of the you assistant promised. editors. I thought you promised us no more cliffhangers. And there goes Sean. It's, ha- it's half, pee oh, time. Half gallon of chocolate milk. <laughs> he finished a half gallon of chocolate milk. And that's got to come out eventually. <laughs> gallon? <laughs> <laughs> Might be in like a dairy coma soon. <laughs> so that's it for the new mutants for this episode. Wow. But we still have four more issues to get through, people. Oh, we've run out of time for this episode, but fear not. We will be back with the second half of our conversation with Steve and Alan next Sunday where we'll be talking some Uncanny X-Men and some Marvel team-up. Yeah, how about that? So please join us. Until then, find us online at greatx-pectations.com or on Twitter at GXPod. And please consider leaving us an iTunes review. We would love you all so much if you did. All right, folks, see you in one week. Goodbye. The world is better first tonight. You can hurt yourself trying to hold on to what you used to be. I'm so glad the past is all gone.
Set him up, Sean. Or is it just me? It's just me. Along with my thoughts. Oh man, I ran up the stairs so fast that I like bounded and I smacked my head on the top of the. <laughs> oh, ouch! Are we back? I think. This episode has been brought to you by Cry for the Moon Productions. Cry for the Moon! (laughs) What's it say? Well, it says, I love it when a plan comes together. (laughs) 